We love our moms. You know, Mother's Day is a special day. Uh, it became a national holiday, and I think the year was 1914. President Woodrow Wilson made it a national holiday. But Woodrow Wilson wasn't the guy that initiated the movement that became Mother's Day. It was actually started by a lady named Anna Jarvis. And she went to the leadership of her church and said, Hey, wouldn't it be awesome if we had a day once a year in our service where we honored moms? Moms work hard. They sacrifice. They do all these things. And the Bible says to give honor to whom honor is due. Wouldn't it be awesome if we had a day just to honor moms? And all the women in the church loved it. And they got voted in. And they had the first Mother's Day in a small local church. And then soon the movement kind of spread and word kind of spread. And all the moms said, this is the best idea ever. Why do we wait so long to do this? And so church after church started following that model. And they adopted Mother's Day as part of their yearly calendar. And the movement spread through the town and it eventually made its way through the region. And it became a national movement where churches and then organizations began honoring moms on that one day a year, and it became so big that it finally landed on the desk at the White House, and Woodrow Wilson said, you know what, we're going to make this thing a national holiday. Most people don't realize that Mother's Day started with a local church. You're welcome, moms. You're welcome, moms. And it was started under the premise of, of this passage of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 6, um, starting at verse 2. And this kind of echoes the t something in the Ten Commandments. It says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. My mom always reminded me of that part when I was growing up. <laughs> you honor your mom and your dad, but it's, it's the promise. And it's, if you honor us and you listen to us, you're going to have a long life because we won't kill you. We won't kill you. My dad used to joke around. He watched a lot of comedy growing up, and he would always tell me, Son, I brought you into this world. I can take you out. We can make another one. We can get rid of you and make another one. You better act right. You know? <laughs> but, but the principle of honoring your mom and dad is all through scriptures. One of the original Ten Commandments, and it's what birthed Mother's Day as a movement in the local church, and eventually Father's Day, too, because dads deserve to be honored as well. Amen? But... Today's not your day, dads. Today's mama's day. Did you know this? That today, roughly 139 million cards are going to be given to moms all across this country. So I made a note to myself, and I'm like, next year, about a month before Mother's Day, buy stock in Hallmark. Buy stock in Hallmark, and you'll be set up. Everybody's wondering how Hallmark can make all those cheesy movies that they make. They make it off the profits of Mother's Day cards. So you, if you give a card to your mom today from Hallmark, you are causing the creation of the horrible thing called a Hallmark Christmas movie. I, some of the, some of the, I love Hallmark. My wife loves Hallmark movies. I like that she likes them. And that's about as far as I go with that. Um, <laughs> Hallmark, 139 million cars. That's crazy. Mother's Day is the second largest gift-giving holiday in the world. It's second only to Christmas. 
only to Christmas. Only Christmas is bigger. So, moms, if you ever wonder how special you are, now you know globally, only Jesus gets celebrated more than you do. <laughs> only Jesus is more important than mama, and that's the way that it should be because mama's awesome. Mama's awesome, and moms should be appreciated. They should be appreciated. You know, sometimes I think that, um, that moms are, like, loved and appreciated, but not appreciated enough all at the same time because of everything that they do. You know, one person was writing, and they said, when, when you're four years old, you say, Mom can do anything. Now, she's a superhero. Now, she can fly around. She can lift buildings. She, mom can do anything. When you get into your teens and you become 15 and 16, sometimes we say, you know what? Mom doesn't know everything. We get into our early 20s. For some people, they say, you know what? Mom's kind of outdated. Mom doesn't really understand how the real world, world works. She's still operating back in her time. This is a new day, and Mom just needs to catch up with the times. Then when you hit your 30s, a little light comes on, and you go, huh? You know what? Mom does know a few things. And into your 40s, you find yourself saying, wow, mom's pretty wise. And then later on in your 60s and later on in life, you find yourself thinking, you know what? I wish I could say one more thing to my mom. I wish I could talk to her just one more time. Moms are special. You're special. You know, there's... There's nothing that makes you appreciate what your mom does for you like having kids of your own. <laughs> I had to tell you from experience, I had no idea. Like you kind of know your parents sacrifice and you see mom and dad doing this and doing that, but you just don't know till you get your own kids because kids are a blessing and they're a test all at the same time. Am I right? You know, they're a great gift from God, but my goodness, they, man, they will, they will stretch you. They'll stretch you. Because you're always giving, always giving, always giving. And nothing teaches you to appreciate mom like having kids of your own. I know my kids have taught me to appreciate my mom. Sometimes they can be a blessing and a test all in the same day. Sometimes they can be a blessing and a test in the same hour. Sometimes in the same minute they can do something cute and just make you go, Oh my God, what are you doing? All at the same time. You know, kids, kids stretch you. Like this one mom who uh, was shopping with her little toddler. And this kid just lost its ever-loving mind and just started screaming and throwing a fit. And mom was trying to get all of her shopping done. So she's pushing this kid around in a shopping cart. And one of the guys that worked at the, at the um, grocery store looked over because he heard all the commotion and saw this mom kind of flustered in the face walking down the aisle with a screaming kid. And the mom just started to say, it's going to be okay, Lily. Just a little bit longer, Lily. You just got to be patient, Lily. And the guy watched as the lady passed and went down to the next aisle. And he heard her speaking on the next aisle over. We're almost done, Lily. Just a couple of more things, Lily. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. It's going to be fine, Lily. And so the guy was, my goodness, this mom is just as patient as anyone I've ever seen. So he started following her down the aisle all the way to the checkout line. And the mom was just talking. Lily, it's going to be okay. We're fixing to check out. Lily, it's going to be okay. We're fixing to go home. We're fixing to go home, and everything's going to be fine. And the guy said, I just got to say something. So he went up to the lady and said, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just got to say, 
I have never seen a woman more patient than you. Lily is so lucky to have you as a mom. And the lady looked over at him and goes, no, you don't understand. I'm Lily. I'm trying to get myself out of the store and protect my sanity. Most moms that have gone shopping with a small kid, you know what that's like, you know. Kids pick the most inopportune time to do that. They just go nuts. And I, Kelly can do that. Like, if kids lose their mind in the store, I'm, always, I'm thinking, where's the bathroom? I'm going to handle this, you know. Kelly's real patient sometimes, and she can walk through it. But um, Kids will stretch you. They'll stretch you. But when you talk to moms... Eventually, you find out that most kids are going to ask somewhere along the way what it was like on the day they were born, you know? And the answer that almost every mom will give their kids, what was it like on the day I was born? Almost every mom is going to say, it was the best day of my life. Because in a lot of ways that it was, it was the day you became a mom and Moms remember the day that they first became a mom. And we have a little video that we wanted to share with you today to help celebrate that first time that you became a mom on the best day of your life. Check this out. Good morning, honey. I'm sorry I didn't make you breakfast. But our son did. Da, da, da. Happy Mother's Day, Mommy. Oh, honey, this is so great. Are you the sweetest? Thank you, sweetheart. I helped a little bit on the eggs, but he did the toast all by himself. Well, mm. this is the best toast I've ever had. Really? Yes, really. Ugh, I am so lucky to be your mommy. The day you were born was the best day of my life. What was it like? The day you were born, it was amazing. <laughs> okay, only a few more centimeters and you'll be ready, okay? Were you scared, Mommy? Oh, no. I was excited. I had a big smile on my face the whole time. Didn't I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> were you scared? Why does it look like that? Get scared? I'm not ready! You're not a man! <laughs> the nice doctor came in and told us it was time. So and one little push, and you were born. And you were the most beautiful baby in the whole world. What, what, why does he look like that? Why is he yellow? Is that normal? Why is he so ugly? And that's what happened on the best day of my life. <laughs> so there you go, on the best day of your life. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thought we'd make a special memory for you today. But it was the best day of your life, even though you went through all that, because moms have a way of blocking out all the pain and all the stuff that you go through and focusing on the beauty of being a mom. You know, in many ways, uh, moms, they reflect the heart of God. In many ways, moms reflect the heart of God. God gave men and women both attributes of himself. The Bible says that we were created in the image of God. That's not just men, that's women also. Women, you do realize you are created in the image of God, just like we are. Mankind 
created in the image and likeness of God. Now, I'm not trying to say that God is effeminate or anything like that. Um, we know from Scripture that God is male. But he has chosen to put attributes and characteristics of himself uniquely in a man and then in another way uniquely into a woman so that we both bear his image and his likeness and we both carry individual gifts and talents that are unique and specific to a man and unique and specific to a woman. You following me? That's why when my wife and I, when we got married or when a husband and wife get married, the man brings in his strengths and steps into his role in a marriage and the woman steps into her role and brings her strengths into the marriage and our strengths cover each other's weaknesses as the two become one and together we paint a beautiful picture of the likeness of God and his relationship between him and the church and that's how it's supposed to be but moms they represent some of the most beautiful things about God in a way that a guy just can't because we're not gifted that way. And I want to take a few moments today, um, the time that we have together, because we don't have a lot of time together this morning, and just go over a few ways that I observed, and there's a lot of different ways, but just a few things this morning that I observed that are ways that a mom reflects the heart of God. And the first one is this. Mothers know. Mothers know. Can I get an amen this morning? Mothers know. In fact, go ahead and look at the person next to you and just go, Mama knows. Mama knows. She's going to find out. I don't know how, but moms have this way of finding out everything. Whether they just know it's happening as it's happening or they know it's going to happen before it happens or even if they find out afterwards, mama's always going to know. I don't know how many times as a kid, like I was playing in the house and getting into some mischief or something and I would hear my mom's voice, Josh, what are you doing? It's like this alarm that goes off in mom's like a sixth sense that they have. And I was always doing something that was about to kill me or blow the house up. Every time, she would just know. And I don't know why they would always do that. I'd just burn down a few acres of land by randomly starting a brush fire when you're three or four years old. And suddenly your parents are really interested in everything that you're doing while they're not watching you. True story. I'll share that with you later. But, yeah, she's always, she always knew what was going on. Moms just know. Moms just know. And... One of the reasons why moms know, and your mom will probably never tell you this, is you, you realize mom has lived a life before she had you. And mom was once your age. And cute little innocent mom has already been there, done that, got the T-shirt, the souvenir cup, and the tattoo from life. Like she's already, she's already done all that. So all the stuff that you're thinking about doing, your mom has either thought about it or done it. All the little tricks you want to pull, your mom knows them because she's tried to pull them herself. All the lies, all the cover stories, like mom has already been down there, got it down pat, and is ready to blow you up when you come into that with a weak game. You better have your stuff together. Nah, you better. Mom knows. Mom just knows. I think a praying mom is, it's just impossible to trick a praying mom because now you've got the mom power 
and you got the Spirit of God revealing stuff to her and calling you out on things, you might as well just live straight and, and get your act together because you're going to be miserable and she's going to know everything anyway. Just get your stuff together. Moms always know. They know. And I don't know what it is. It's like a, you, you heard a, like a, a woman's intuition. A woman's intuition, like women know. Like women sometimes can just read men's minds. Sometimes we can read, like your wife can probably tell you what you're thinking right now, husbands. She might even be able to tell you what other women in the room are thinking too. You know, women are gifted that way. Now sometimes some women go off in left field with this and like go into crazy land. Like you've seen that meme on Facebook that shows like the, the, the couple in bed and they're like facing the wall apart from each other and the woman's looking over here and she's thinking, I bet he's thinking about other women. And they flip over to the guy and he's staring at the wall and it shows what he's thinking and he's going, I wonder if you put bacon bits on a piece of bacon and put it on a bacon cheeseburger if you can travel back in time. You know, like completely different thought processes sometimes. But most women have a great intuition about that. A woman's intuition is, is, is a true thing, I think. And I think that's one of the gifts that God gives women that guys don't really operate in naturally. Um, my wife can read my mind. Like she knows. She knows. Like I like to play tricks on people. And I like to be a little mischievous sometimes. If you know me, for, if you know me well, you know I love picking on people and teasing people. And so, so I'll just I'll do stuff like we'll go through. You know, if we're at the zoo, we'll walk around the zoo, and I'll just wait till somebody gets close enough. And you should do this sometime if you're at the zoo. Wait till somebody gets close enough, walking in the other direction, to hear what you're saying, and then just say something like, "Is this safe to go over to the gorilla cage, or have they not caught that thing that got loose yet?" And just keep walking, and just let them hear it. And wonder what's going on and just keep going and don't even, I do stuff like that. And my wife knows this. And so, like, we'll be out at the mall sometimes or we'll be in a public setting at a party or something. And I'll just get this look. And I'll think of something that would be hilarious to do. And I'll look up and I'll make eye contact with Kelly and she's just going, I'm like, how do you know? She always knows. She always knows. Mom always knows what's going on in life. And, and just like a mom knows, I, it's just like I think a mom can, can, could be as close to uh, as being an omniscient being as you can get without being God. I really do. Like they could, they, they just know everything. And just like moms know, God knows. God knows. He knows everything about you. He knows everything that's going on in your life. He knows everything that you did before you arrived here today. He knows everything that you're going to do when you leave here today. God knows. And you see this all through Scripture. In Matthew chapter 9, this is just Jesus showing off his ability to read people's thoughts. Uh, in Matthew 9 verse 4, it says, Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? In Matthew 12, 25 says that Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. In Luke 6, 8, but Jesus knew what they were thinking. I would be freaked out if I was hanging around with Jesus. If he could read people's mail like that, I mean, could you ever be relaxed around him? 
Could you ever just start randomly thinking, I wonder, oh, no, I'm with Jesus. He's going to know. Yeah, get that, under, get that under control. But he always knows. God knows. God knows. God knows. The good news is that God knows every sin that you've ever committed. He knows the condition of your heart. And he knows today whether you love him or not. And he still sent his son to die for your sins and for my sins, even knowing the condition that we were in. I think that's awesome. In fact, Romans chapter 5, it says it like this. Romans 5, 8, it says, But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God knows all the mistakes that we've ever made. God knows all the mistakes that we're ever going to make. And he still loved us enough to send his son Jesus to die for our sins, knowing the condition that we're in. Isn't that encouraging today? Because you don't have to put on a fake face around God because he knows and he loves you anyway. You don't have to act a certain way around God because he knows and he loves you just for who you are and he already proved it by sending his son Jesus to die for you. The good news is that he loves you too much to leave you in the condition that you're in. It's okay to not be okay, but Jesus loves you too much and paid too high a price for us to be left that way. Amen? And that's another way that we can look at a mom's heart and see a reflection of the heart of God. And it's how mothers love. Mothers love. And you ever heard that saying, that boy's got a face that only a mother could love? Moms love in a way that other people don't. You know, because you don't have to earn a mom's love. It's unconditional. When it's done correctly. A biblical mom loves unconditionally. There's something disarming about that. When I'm around my mom, I know that I can just be myself. I know that I can just open up my heart and let her know in those moments what's going on. And Because I know that my mom's not going to judge me. I know that my mom's going to be there for me. And I know that when my mom gives me advice, she's giving advice for my benefit. Not to make herself feel better. Sometimes I wonder. But not to make herself feel better or to get me to do what she wants me to do. She's going to give me advice that's going to be best for me. And I can trust that because I know that she loves me unconditionally. Moms have a way of seeing past the imperfections and seeing past all the rough edges and, and seeing the potential that's inside each of her children. And you know God does the same thing too. He looks past all the rough edges and he looks past where we are. And he sees the potential of who we can be through his son, Jesus. And that's what he focuses on, getting us to that point. And there's a story that's told about this boy who was in elementary school. And at the end of the school day, his, note, his, his uh, teacher came up to him and handed him a note. said, I want you to go home and I want you to give your mother this note. And the boy said, okay. So the boy walked out of the school, and he opened up the paper, and he looked at it. But the boy was in elementary school, but he had trouble learning, and he hadn't learned how to read or write at this point. So he just looked at the note, and it was just scribbles, and he couldn't discern what it was. So he went running home to his mom. He said, Mommy, 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 the teacher gave me this note, and I'm supposed to give it to you. And the whole way home, he's been wondering what the note says. So he looked at his mom and said, Can you tell me what the note says? Can you tell me what the note says? The mom opened up the piece of paper and she looked at the note. 
After she read it, her eyes began to cloud up with tears. And she looked her boy in the eyes. And she said, we're going to have to find a new school for you. You can't go back to this school anymore. And then she said, because you're too smart for your teachers to teach you anything. They don't have anyone there who's qualified to teach you because you're too smart and you're too gifted. So we're going to have to find some new people who can teach you. And the little boy said, that's amazing. Okay. Years go by. The boy grows up and becomes a professional, becomes very successful, has a very affluent life. And eventually his mom passes away. And after the funeral, the man's going through his mother's things. And in a box he finds that note. He finds a note. And he opens it up. And he realizes that this is the note that the teacher had given his mom all those years ago. And he begins to read it. And his eyes immediately begin to fill with tears. So he realizes what his mother had done. He read the note and it said, Your son can no longer come to the school anymore. Because of his mental disability, there is not a teacher here who is equipped to teach him. We can't do anything with him anymore. You'll have to find alternate means of education for him. The man realized what his mother had done. She had looked past the words that were written about him on the paper. And she had looked into his eyes and seen the potential that was inside of him. And she spoke to the potential and ignored what was written. And if I were to say the name Thomas Edison to you today, you wouldn't think about a person who is mentally handicapped. You wouldn't think about a person who is a slow learner. And you wouldn't think about a person who wasn't allowed to go to school anymore. You would think about the inventor that changed the world. But it was only because his mother saw past what was written and saw the potential inside of him that he even had a shot at being that person. Now, I want to tell you that a mother's love is a powerful thing. If you're a mom here today, don't you stop encouraging your children. Don't you stop speaking life over them. Don't you stop standing in front of them and taking the punches that life throws and turning around and speaking to their potential because you could very well impact the life of your child in a way that sends them out to change the world. No matter how old they are, you still be mom and you still speak life over your children amen Amen. and in the same way in the same way that that mom ignored what was written and saw the potential in her child I want you to know that God looks past what is written about you and sees the potential that's inside each and every one of us here today 
each and every one of us here today, he sees the potential in. Listen, your critics are going to say that you don't have what it takes. The enemy's going to tell you that you're a failure. The enemy's going to tell you that you're never going to have victory in your life. The enemy's going to tell you that you're always going to struggle with sin. There's always going to be something negative that's written about you. But God sees the potential inside of you, and he says, no, you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You can do all things in Christ Jesus who gives you strength. You're the head and not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. You you are a child of God made in the image of God, set apart for the service of God. Don't you pay attention to what's written about you. You believe what God says about you because God sees the potential in all of his children. Can we praise God today for the love that he shows us? The unconditional love that's only given, only given by God to us can only be reflected and a heart of a mother to her children. And the third way that a mother shows the heart of God to her children and to others is that moms sacrifice. Moms sacrifice. A mother's work is never done. A mom has a tough job. I, I found this brief job description of a mom on the internet. I want to read it to you. I don't think it's all-inclusive because I think that a mom can do anything that needs to be done in any given situation. I think that's a good job description of a mom. Whatever needs to be done, I'm there. A mom's an alarm clock, a banker, a censor, a chauffeur, a cheerleader, a chef, a chief justice. If you got more than one kids, I guarantee you a chief justice, a chore delegator, a coach, a concierge, a confidant, a correctional officer, a crossing guard, curfew warden, a diplomat, a disc jockey, an entertainer, expectation manager, fashion stylist, hairdresser, hello, homework advisor, housekeeper, hygiene consultant, internet safety monitor, especially today, an inventory manager, a juggler, a loan officer, lost and found, attendant, a, ma a magician, a nurse, a paramedic, a party planner, a peacekeeper, personal assistant, purchasing agent, recreation director, referee, reference librarian, relationship specialist, a repair person. Moms can work some duct tape. Do not be deceived. Shipping and receiving agent, a snuggler, a teacher, transportation coordinator, a travel agent, a waitress, a zookeeper. <laughs> and I think most importantly, a mom is someone who lays the foundation of potential in a child's life. And a biblical mom points a child to Jesus as her Lord and Savior. Always. Mom sacrificed. My mom, I think back on my mom, my mom did so many things to sacrifice for us through the years. You just spend all day talking about how my mom put us first and sacrificed for me and my two sisters, mostly for me because my mom loves me the most and I'm her favorite. And she did some things for my sisters every once in a while just to let them know that they were in the family too. But mostly for me. And, and I understood that. And mom was always great to let my sisters feel included. But you could probably tell the same, the same thing about your mom though. She sacrificed. Hopefully, if you had a great mom, she sacrificed. And put you first and put your family first. I remember when I was a kid, we were in Alabama at the time. And see, God can bring you out of anything. I was born in Alabama. 
and we moved to Georgia later. But while we were in Alabama, mom and dad were both working kind of dead-end jobs, and uh, they made a decision that they were going to better themselves, and dad was going to go back to school. The only way to make that happen, though, was going to be for mom to become the sole provider for the family or the main provider for the family. So they decided to pull the trigger on it. My dad went to school to study aircraft engineering, and mom went into the workforce like never before and was working long shifts and extra shifts and sometimes two jobs. And dad would go to school during the week, and then he would work part-time when he could to help offset some things. But it was mostly mom that was providing while dad was going to school. Mom did what she needed to do to help our family get in a better place. And Dad landed a job over here at uh, Charlie Brown Airport. And he uh, had to move over here to work the job and find a place for us to live. So there was a block of, it, it was long. As a kid, you remember things being longer than they actually were, but I'm sure several months where he came over here and was getting a place ready for us to come move into. And my mom was still working to support the family over there while he was working over here. And she would go through those long days and come home and be a single mom for months while dad was over here working and getting a place ready for us to move into. And mom carried that load until we were able to all move over and be a family again here in Georgia. My mom was always wearing whatever hat needed to be worn, and she still does, to sacrifice and give her kids something better than what she had, you know. Because that's what a mom does. And I see that in my wife, Kelly. I see that same characteristic in her because she's constantly sacrificing for our kids and constantly putting our children first and constantly just putting down her own needs and desires to, to see our kids have something better. I remember one night, Abby was just giving us fits for a week. She wasn't feeling well and wasn't sleeping well. And I remember walking by Abby's room and, Kelly was up with her, and it was late. It's probably like 2, 2.30 in the morning. And I walked by, and I looked in, and I saw my wife just exhausted, holding this little child and just rocking her and singing to her, talking to her. And it stopped me in my tracks because I looked at that, and I saw that right there is the perfect picture of a mom that loves her children and a mom that's willing to sacrifice and do whatever for her child. The mom sacrifices. I think one of the biggest mom groups that doesn't get talked about enough, that I believe sacrifices a lot for their children, are the single moms. Single moms sacrifice tremendously for their kids. Because if you're a single mom, you've got to wear every hat. You've got, you, you've got to be mom and dad. You've got to be provider and caretaker. You've got to be the, the counselor and the disciplinarian. You've got to do it all, you know. Single moms, if you're here this morning, listen, I want to encourage you. Don't give up. You keep doing what you're doing. You've got a God that loves you, and you've got a church family that loves you and supports you. You keep sacrificing, and you keep loving because you're not on your own. You're not by yourself. You've got a church family that loves you, and you've got a God in heaven that loves you too. Amen? We have a little video that we prepared to capture the heart 
I say prepared. We, I found it on the internet and grabbed it, and, and then we're, we're going to use it this morning. A news channel actually made this, and you'll see the little logo as the video plays. But it was so good, I, couldn't just, I just couldn't pass it up. I believe it really captures the heart of a sacrificial mom, and especially captures the heart of a single mom who sacrifices for her children. Watch this.
true love always sacrifices. True love always sacrifices. And a mom that reflects the heart of God is a mom that's always sacrificing for her children and for her family. Moms, we want to honor you and say thank you so much for knowing. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for your sacrifice. You know, God shows his love for us too through sacrifice. He didn't just love us. He sacrificially loved us. And still today, sacrificially loves each and every one of us. God has always given of himself to us. When Jesus came to the earth, he said that I didn't come here for you guys to serve me. I came here to serve you. And I came to give my life as a ransom for many. His whole life was about sacrifice. Because true love always sacrifices. Always. And when he stood on trial, he was sacrificing for us. When they beat him with rods, he was sacrificing for us. When they broke out the cat of nine tails and... They took the spikes and they nailed them in his wrists and in his feet and they lifted him up on the cross and he was tortured to death by crucifixion for you and for me to pay for our sins. He was sacrificed. The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin so that we be called the sons and daughters of God sacrificed he took your sin he took my sin even though he was a perfect spotless blameless lamb of God who had never done anything wrong in his life and he laid it down and literally took on our sin as his own he didn't sin but he took our sin upon him because true love always sacrifices Bible says that he takes our iniquity and then he gives us his righteousness because true love always sacrifices because a good mom or a good parent they will always show unconditional love to their children they will always sacrifice for their children so that their children can have a better shot at life so their children can have a better life than they have. God does the same thing for us. He loves us unconditionally. He sacrificed everything for us so that we could have an opportunity for a better life. Not just on this earth, but a better eternal life than what we were facing. Because every one of us left to ourselves deserves to go to hell. I thank God that he loved. I thank God that he sacrificed. And I thank God that he opens up the door of potential for us to step into a better life through him. Bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. No one looking around as we get ready to close today.